Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Shane Caldwell. And Shane, as we get ready to kick off week seven here on the Thursday primetime slate, we've got quite a matchup between the Giants and Eagles. They are combined two, nine, and one this season. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that this this game right here uh, is going to be for you know who's gonna whoever wins it is in a good good uh, you know really good spot to contend for the division for the NFC East. So that's wow. the amazing thing about it. I've never seen that where uh, you have a team that's one and five and a team one four and one, and they are in contention in Week Seven for the division. Look looking pretty solid chances there, right? With everything going on in Dallas there, so it's pretty amazing that yeah this this could be a a, a pretty important game for these teams. And yeah, they're they're pretty ugly. Uh, their offenses have looked horrible. Their offensive lines and really their everything about their offenses have looked pretty bad. They've t- they face some tough matchups though as well. And their defenses have looked decent. You know, kind of middle of the pack defenses here. So it's going to be an interesting game here uh, to try to find some good DFS plays. And that's what makes it uh, that's what makes it fun breaking down these matchups here. Yeah, you're right. Because I mean, this is just quite a situation for these two proud franchises. And they're looking up at Dallas at two and four. But you mentioned the issues that they're having. Uh, You can't feel very good about them holding down that first place spot. So this is a key game for these two teams. And that's the beauty of NFL DFS. There's a lot of money to be made. And so we're going to try to help our listeners build some winners here. And want to thank our presenting sponsor before we get rolling here. That's betus.com.pa. Great spot to go for all of your sports wagering and casino action. So please do that. And, of course, use that promo code COACHTALK. Get 125% match on your first deposit. And, Shane, looking at the lines for this one from betus.com.pa, right now here on Wednesday night, the Eagles are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is set at 45, so certainly not a high total due to these average, at best, offenses. And if you want to go with the money line, the Eagles are minus 230, Giants plus 190. So let's start breaking these teams down, and let's start with the, the visiting team, the Giants. And their offense this this year has really been poor. They're averaging only 292 yards of offense. You know, Daniel Jones has sort of been low volume. I mean, they're only averaging 204 yards passing, 88 yards rushing. Um, so struggling there their defense is all right um but but let's get into the offense here in terms of injuries we've got sterling shepherd who was just activated off of ir and he hasn't practiced yet so we don't know if he's going to be active he's been dealing with a toe injury but other than that uh usual suspects here with Devonte freeman leading the way uh with, with saquon out so is there anybody you can get excited about rostering here for the Giants? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I kind of like Daniel Jones in here. I think the pricing is pretty soft in this, uh, you know, with the uh, FanDuel and DraftKings where you can fit Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz in here. Uh, I think Daniel Jones will get some decent garbage time production. So he has looked really bad. They've had some pretty tough matchups um, last week, you know, against Washington's a decent defense. Um, they did give him some designed run plays, like some read options, and let Daniel Jones run around. He did have one really nice fake in a long run. So I like the fact that he can get some rushing production there. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, Philadelphia is a little bit weak in the secondary in spots so that he can exploit them 
hopefully with some deep passes and some big plays in the passing game here. So as ugly as it is, I think you can get some decent rushing attempts uh, for Daniel Jones, potentially maybe a rushing touchdown and some decent production in the passing game here. And if I think Philadelphia jumps out on them early and takes a lead here, and the game script uh, calls for Daniel Jones getting a lot of passing volume here because I don't see them being able to run Devonta Freeman against his Philadelphia defensive front. They're pretty tough against running backs. Average, you know, they only give up, up like three point two yards per carry. They're tough and physical with uh, Fletcher Cox and Devon, uh, Javon Hargrave in there. They're really tough defensive front. So I, I don't really like running running backs against them, especially since you know the Giants don't have a really good running game to begin with and they just got Devonta Freeman off the couch like what three weeks ago right he's looked okay but I'm able to produce much there so I would attack the the passing game here uh, with Daniel Jones as ugly as he's looked keep in mind this is a showdown slate there's only two quarterbacks here so <laughs> there's not a lot of options and I think he can produce fantasy stats and still hit value uh where you need to be you need the raw points on a showdown slate like this yeah, you know, I, I think the the rushing information is really important. We were talking about that before the podcast, and you brought that up, that long run. And I look back at the stats again to double-check it. He had 74 yards rushing last week, which is – that's monstrous. You know, like you said, especially in a one-game slate, if they're going to design some runs for him. Uh, Lamar Jackson just had a big rushing game against Philly. And no, Daniel Jones is not Lamar Jackson, but – if you can get 50 or 60 yards on the ground, like you said, maybe even punch one in, then all of a sudden I might have some interest in him because his ceiling has been awfully low. In fact, this year his ceiling on DraftKings is only 19.36. And if you look at Carson Wentz on the other side, he's had four straight games of more than that. And he's had over 30 for his ceiling. So, you know, on paper, uh, I just feel much better about Carson Wentz, but I see the the logic in potentially building a lineup with both of them. So we'll have to keep playing with that. But in, in terms of anyone that he might want to target in the passing game, we, we don't know about Sterling Shepard's health or availability. Are you interested in pairing him up with Darius Slayton or Golden Tate or maybe Evan Ingram? Yeah, I love Darius Slayton here. Uh, but my concern is, is Darius Slay sounds almost like the same. Is he going to shadow Darius Slayton here? Darius Slay is a pretty good shutdown corner. He shadowed, uh, you know, A.J. Green this year, shut him down. He shadowed Terry McLaurin, who's a good uh, wide receiver, and pretty much shut him down as well. So I don't see any reason why Philadelphia wouldn't uh, have Darius Slay uh, shadow Slayton just because there's not really that many other wide receiver threats. I don't think Sterling Shepard is going to get a lot of playing time coming back from off an injury and having limited practice time. I think Sterling Shepard is more of an emergency backup. I could be wrong there, but that's what I'm projecting for him. So I'm a little bit nervous about Slayton, but if you're going to play some Daniel Jones, I think it's okay to pair him with uh, with Darius Slayton and hope that Darius Slay doesn't shadow him or he can move around the formation and, and beat Darius Slay a little bit here. So I think Slayton does have the highest upside and then you have from there Evan Ingram, who's obviously a very athletic, very talented tight end who's underperformed this year. He hasn't really got that many targets, but uh, like I always say, someone's got to catch the ball for these guys. And it should be a nice game script in terms of passing. So I look for Evan Ingram to maybe have a breakout 
game here. So he's the other guy I would look at. I'm not really that interested in Golden Tate, even though traditionally I like Golden Tate. It just seems like he hasn't really done much. But um, so that's kind of where I'm looking. It's pretty limited options here. That's why I'm just focused on Daniel Jones, um, that he should be able to produce with a little bit of running games. And the fact that there's not any uh, really great position players that are absolute blow up spots here. That's why I would like, you know, playing both quarterbacks to try to get raw points out of both of them. Okay. Yeah. In terms of the the, the pass catchers, uh, from my perspective, I agree that the Slay-Slayton matchup could really limit uh, Slayton's upside. And Golden Tate, I'm not too excited about him in terms of, you know, just his target share, the volume. Again, it's a low passing volume offense in general, and he's just getting these dink and dunk opportunities. And uh, so f- for me, it's really Evan Ingram. Um, he's cheaper than, than Slayton. And tight ends have been great against Philly. If you look back at uh, Tyler Higby, he had five for 54 and three touchdowns against the Eagles. And then Kittle, of course, went off in primetime, 15 catches for 183 and a score. Uh, Baltimore combined for 554 and a score last week. So, you know, the thing is, it's on again on paper. It's an awesome matchup for Ingram, but he has also been low volume. You know, he's just non-existent some weeks with with two or three targets so you know the Giants have to go out of their way to game plan for him if they do I think he can really pay off this week I'm going to have him in a bunch of lineups in the hopes that the Giants do that Uh, but I don't feel that great about it so uh, we'll we'll see how it plays out I do want to mention that if Shepard doesn't play or he's limited it looks like the third receiver is going to be Austin Mack uh, who's cheap on this slate 400 Caught one pass for a yard last week. He's 6'2", 215 out of Ohio State. And then there's always the backup tight end, Caden Smith, for the Giants, who's got he got three catches last week. So uh, on a showdown slate, he's a guy that if he gets in the end zone, uh, he could be a difference maker. And with Freeman, you know, I agree. I, I wouldn't be thrilled about using him and hoping for a high yards per carry. But just from sheer volume, you know, he's really taken over that backfield. Uh, Gallman and Lewis were basically non-existent last week. Uh, so, uh, you know, you could look at Freeman and, and hope for volume and maybe it may be a touchdown there. Yeah, you could get the goal line looks here, you know, and he hopefully could catch some passes. He hasn't been heavily involved in the pass game, but that, that could hit value for Freeman here. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a tough matchup, but you never know. He could definitely get some, get, uh, get some touches inside the red zone. They don't really have any goal line backs that you have to worry about there. Right. Um, and then what do you what are you thinking on the Philadelphia side here? I'm kind of liking the Philadelphia side a little more. What do you think? Yeah, let's let's transition to them in a minute. I do want to mention the kicker for the Giants, believe it or not. Graham Gano, you know, with an offense that's just inept and not great at getting in the end zone, he's had an opportunity to kick a lot of field goals this year. He's made 15 already, including some long ones. So he's got some confidence, cheap price. And kickers sometimes are the difference maker as well on a showdown slate. So uh, I would keep him in mind and certainly would uh, prefer him over Jake Elliott for the Eagles, who's only made seven this year. And we know Doug Peterson will go for it on fourth down any chance he can, and he will opt to avoid the the field goal attempt. So I want to mention uh, Graham Gano. And then before we get into the Eagles, let's take a quick minute and hear from our wonderful partners at BetUS. Wake up, sports bettors. 
Sports are in high gear at BetUS.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign-up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sports book is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back, and thank you to BetUS.com.pa for that wonderful offer for our uh, Coach Talk listeners uh, to use that promo code Coach Talk. Now, Shane, you, you asked about the Eagles, and I certainly am a little bit more excited about their offense here. Certainly prefer Carson Wentz over Jones. Um, you look at the numbers, you know, they've been able to score more. They average 23 points a game. The Giants only score 16.8. Uh, you know, they give up more. So they've been sort of in these higher scoring games where they've been trying to come back late. And, and, and Wentz has been productive in garbage time. But, you know, they've got so many skill position players out. Alshon Jeffrey's still out. Both tight ends, Ertz and Goddard, are out. Miles Sanders is out. So, you know, they, they are 1-4-1, one, and one, um, dealing with a bunch of backups here. Um, do, you, do you think they're better than the, the record indicates? And, and uh, do you have faith that they'll be productive against the Giants? Yeah, this is a lot better matchup. You know, I think we were talking before the podcast, and they played – you know, Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers the last two weeks. Those are two of the better defensive teams in the league. They played, you know, teams like the L.A. Rams that are tough on defense as well. So they've had a pretty tough schedule. It doesn't help that you've had a tough defensive schedule, tough matchups, and you, your offensive line is completely decimated with injuries. They got backups upon backups. And Carson Wentz is kind of running for his life. So I know that the kind of narrative that Carson Wentz has been horrible, but he doesn't really have much time to do anything. Um, so I think against the Giants, you know, they're decent defense, but they're not going to be putting the type of pressure on you like Baltimore and, and, and Pittsburgh Steelers the last couple of weeks. So Carson Wentz is going to have a lot more room to operate. Yeah, he's missing some targets, but, he, you know, he always seems to find these new targets. I mean, I can't believe Travis Fulgham. That's one of the biggest surprises of the year. Uh, the, the, my team, the Detroit Lions, drafted him in the sixth round a couple of years ago. And he was like a developmental type guy that might take over for like Marvin Jones someday. And uh, he could, he didn't really do much in camp. You know, he was just kind of average and he kind of floated around to uh, different practice squads, the Packers. And all of a sudden he came out of nowhere and the guy looks awesome. He's got big hands. He's you know, tough, real, you know, he's just really good in terms of high point in the ball um, catch, you know, really you know, good route running. And he's just, he's got great size and speed and everything. So he's been great. Um, so I'm impressed. I'm impressed with some of their backup guys here. Uh, obviously, Miles Sanders being out kind of hurts them. But Boston Scott and, and, and Corey Clement are decent, you know, backups there. Uh, and I think Greg Ward is still decent in the slot. You know, I like him here. Um, and they're also getting Deshaun Jack- Jackson back. That should be interesting whether he's a full go or not. That's going to be a big decision on the slate, whether you're trying to, you know, uh, trying to gamble on Deshaun Jackson. It seems like he's kind of, you know, 
kind of past his prime here, um, but, but you never know. He's good. He's talented enough to, to make a uh, to make an impact. But I feel like he's going to be a little limited on his snap. So that's love him. So obviously, yeah, I, mean, I think the number one play on the slate would be Wentz here. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I mean, with with Deshaun Jackson, is there anything else you could expect other than either three for eighty eight and at least one touchdown or two targets and no catches? I mean, complete boomer yeah. bust definition yeah, of boomer bust in fantasy. Uh, he is so, kind of a giant killer traditionally, but that was a true. long time ago too. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah but so, I, I think, go ahead. With, with Wentz, I you know I, I I will also prefer to pair him up with Fulgham or Ward. You know, the the slot has been a, a good way to attack. The Giants, uh, Deontay Johnson did well. Cup did well. CeeDee Lamb went for eight for 124 against against them. So I, I like his uh, his setup here. He's a lot cheaper than Fulgham, cheaper than Jackson. Uh, so, so you could look there. Richard Rodgers is in play for me with those other two tight ends out. You know, he's had decent production here the last few weeks, even with Ertz in the lineup. So he should have a good opportunity to pay off his price tag. And then with those running backs, you know, Boston Scott is very capable of catching passes out of the backfield. So at 8,400 on on DraftKings, he's a little bit more expensive than I'd like, but I do like him in the PPR format. And then on FanDuel, I think he's way too cheap at 6.5. I don't think FanDuel really is accounting for the absence of, of Sanders. So, you know, over there, there's a lot of room to operate. You can pretty much get anybody in your lineup on FanDuel that you want. Yeah, so FanDuel, definitely when you're building for the showdown slate, don't be afraid to leave a lot of money on the table here. Yes. Like you said, because of the Boston Scott situation here. Um, the one thing I noticed when I looked up stats, uh, the Giants uh, were not good against uh, uh, passing, uh, 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 receiving running backs. So they gave up quite a bit of production through the air to running backs. Yes. So that's a good sign for Boston Scott is they don't really have the linebackers and safeties to match up against him. Um, so that's yeah, let me a give you a couple. Let me give you a couple of good stats there. David Montgomery caught a 28-yard touchdown pass against them. Jeff Wilson, who's known more for punching it in, he caught a 19-yard touchdown pass against the Giants. J.D. McKissick and the rest of the Washington football team, they just combined for 11 catches for 72. Uh, so, you know, pretty good volume and touchdowns. Uh, perfect scenario for, for Boston Scott. Yeah, and Boston Scott's so, like, small and, like, compact to the ground that he might even be able to sneak through there on a couple run plays, too. It seems like he just, like, so short, you don't even see him coming, and he just right. comes out of there like an explosion. <laughs> so I expect him to have a couple good runs. He actually, last week's game, um, they were driving against Baltimore for the uh, for the game-tying touchdown, and he had a run right up the middle for about six or seven yards. He got stopped at, like, the one- or two-yard line. He almost got a game uh, game time touchdown now Philadelphia ended up scoring and then they missed the two-point conversion to tie up the game against Baltimore so my point is Philadelphia came all the way back after being down against the Baltimore Ravens um, so that shows you that their their offense does have fight even though they got a lot of uh, injuries they, if they can do that against the Ravens they should be able to really do well production against the Giants here so that's why I like stacking stacking these guys an uh, interesting play here I think an uh, interesting thing to keep in mind is Travis Fulgham has been by far the best uh, the best wide receiver for them. I mentioned him earlier. The thing I'm worried about with Travis Fulgham is I think he's going to be 
mostly getting getting uh, coverage from the uh, the top cover corner, uh, James Bradbury for the New York Giants. And Bradbury's been really good shutting down really good uh, wide receivers this year. So that's my concern is they might somewhat limit him. Travis Fulgham was mostly shut down last in the last game, except for the fourth quarter. He came up big with some big plays. Um, so he is really good, but I can see an argument for fading Ward, where Greg Ward will get uh, slot coverage most likely from Darnay, uh, Darnay Holmes in the slot or another backup. Darnay Holmes popped up on the injury report with a neck injury, so I don't know for sure if he's playing. But either way, Greg Ward, is who had really tough coverage last week against Baltimore, will now have really easy coverage, and there's no tight end up the middle that's a, that's like a Zach Ertz that gets all those uh, all that production. So I expect Greg Ward to absorb a ton of targets that uh, from some from Zach Ertz up the middle with an easier matchup. Um, so he kind of reminds me of that Jamison Crowder play when we talk about how Jamison Crowder is going to catch all these balls up the middle. He's not a real exciting player, but he just produces. So Greg Ward, I think, is the leverage play here. You're going to get him at lower ownership because he bombed last week, and everyone's just going to look at the stat lines for Travis Fulgham, who's been phenomenal, but is in a way tougher matchup here. So that's why I like uh, paying down for Greg Ward here. Um, yeah. it, it, that's That should be a big pivot move here. Definitely. I love it. And he's actually a captain option for me on DraftKings. He's only 4,800 to begin with. So 7,200 yeah. is a captain. PPR uh, lets you fill out the rest of your lineup however you want. You can get both quarterbacks in there. Uh, so uh, that's that's certainly in consideration for me. And I got another deep sleeper. Now, keep in mind, this is GPP play, and this is a showdown slate. But John Hightower, the other starting wide receiver for Philadelphia, he was the starting receiver. Deshaun Jackson will probably take some of his snaps, but I don't. I feel like John Hightower will still get on the field. And they're taking deep shots with John Hightower. He's like a 4-4 speed guy out of Boise State. He's a rookie. He's a pretty good-sized guy, 6'1" uh 6-1 about 190 uh and they're taking deep shots every single game with him multiple deep shots and they haven't hit on a lot they hit on a 50 yarder last week he only needs to hit one of those deep shots if he happens to hit one this week finally for a touchdown um against this week secondary because remember james bradbury is not going to be on there he's going to john hightower is going to have a much better matchup uh he is 1200 on dk so John Hightower is going to get lower ownership because people are worried about Deshaun Jackson playing, but I think he still might get on the field. So he's the type of guy that could take down one of these GPPs and actually get someone at low ownership, which is really hard to do on a showdown slate. No doubt about it. So what we're going to do here over the next 24 hours is continue to grind out and finalize our lineups, and then we're going to give them out to our members. So we'd love to have you join us. If you want those lineups, just go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Pick up one of our memberships, either the weekly, the monthly, or perhaps the winter special, which is designed for NFL DFS players. It takes you through the Super Bowl and then one week after. And no matter which membership you get, you get access to all of our sports. And so we're giving out the World Series lineups right now, PGA lineups once a week, and we do every slate in football, the showdown slates, primetime slates, Sunday main slate. And the lineups we can give out are the full cash lineup on FanDuel, full GPP or two lineups on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, what we do is give out the core for a showdown. And then on the Sunday main slate, we give out the clipboard, which has core plays and a bunch of pivots. So, uh, you know, we'd love to have you jump in. Again, that's dfscoachtalk.com to get the membership and we'll get you into Discord. Uh, we give out the lineups about 45 minutes before kickoff. So 
will be available throughout the throughout the day on Thursday to welcome you in. In terms of the upcoming schedule, Shane and I will be back here on Saturday night for the main slate preview. Uh, so make sure if you're watching on YouTube to hit that subscribe button so you get the notification when those podcasts post. We'll do the Sunday main slate preview uh, by position. Uh, that's Saturday night. And by the way, tomorrow, I almost forgot, Shane, we'll have uh, a, a Sunday main slate preview, our first look at the slate where we go game by game. So that'll post Thursday during the day. And then we'll have the podcast Saturday night position by position and then the primetime slate. So kind of a lot to keep track of. And that's why it's good to hit that uh, alert button on, on YouTube. Uh, in terms of social media, you can follow all of us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Shane is available at DET Sports Shane. You can find me at Language Olympic. And our fearless leader, the coach, is available at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Shane, what did I miss? What are your final uh, words well, of wisdom here? The final thoughts are don't forget about on DraftKings playing uh, Philadelphia Eagles defense at 4,600. I think they're a great play. Um, just like you mentioned, uh, the kicker, Graham Gano from the Giants, you don't necessarily always think of those guys because you want to get those, you know, the skill position players are a little more exciting. But Philadelphia's defense has a huge advantage in terms of the pass rush in this. And we all know Daniel Jones is a little prone to turnovers there. He loves to so, turn over. Yeah, so their defensive front should get a ton of pressure and cause some turnovers. It may be something like a pick six just because of the pressure, especially if Philly gets ahead. Like, I think they're going to – Daniel Jones is going to be desperation mode. So I like the Philly defense. Again, these kickers and defenses that you think are going to have a good game could outscore a lot of these position players that we don't necessarily love that we think are in bad matchups that could be chalky plays. So that's another, another leverage play there is the Philly defense. Absolutely. Well said. So uh, do keep that in mind. And uh, want to thank our presenting sponsor one more time, betus.com.pa. Make sure to use that promo code COACHTALK, all one word, when you make your first deposit. And the charity of choice here at DFS Coach Talk, mambaon3.org, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. That's going to do it for our Thursday night preview Thank you so much for joining us. On behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen, and we'll look to see you tomorrow for our next podcast when we look to crush it in DFS.